Welcome to another episode of The Close-Up. I'm your host, Stephen Cameron. This podcast is a part of the Orlando Magic HQ Network, and uh, today we have a really fun episode. We got Luke Scotchy. Did I say your name, la- your last name right? Yes, you did. Yes, you Heck did. yeah. It, I was going to ask you like right before we started recording, but I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll wing it live. Uh, no, I've heard just about everything. Scotchy, Sochi, Scotch, uh, just about anything <laughs> you can imagine, but good for you for getting it first try. We're here. We are here. Um, Listeners, if you're not familiar, Luke is a writer with Orlando Magic HQ. He's written some banging articles recently. Um, You know, most recently, an exclusive interview with Goga Batate that we will talk about here shortly. Um, But, you know, last year had a one-on-one exclusive interview with Michael Carter-Williams and done some other really awesome, like, content for Orlando Magic HQ. Um, So, yeah, we're super psyched to have a really fun basketball basketball conversation but before we get to that take care of the housekeeping stuff all right so first you got to check out our instagram subscription program all right it's five dollars a month we are running a giveaway that will be promote announced at the end of the month um or the winners will be announced right now the giveaway is if you join anyone that joins between now and the end of december you're going to qualify yourself for a orlando magic city edition starters jacket um, and then there's also five Orlando Magic HQ hats. I'm not currently wearing mine, but but Luke's got his on. I am. I got um, mine on. Yeah, and we're gonna give away five of those to five other uh, contestants. And and the subscription program gets you um, custom content just for you guys. Um, gets you discount, twenty percent discount on select Magic home games, which is pretty dope. Um, tickets if if you're wanting to get discount on tickets. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're sending out like custom graphics and wallpapers and screensavers for you all. Um, we do, you know, private uh, gr- group um, Q&As and group live chats together with just all of us. It's, it's really cool. There's some other benefits there. I'm doing probably a re- very poor job of explaining it. But go to our Instagram page or our Twitter page and go to our pin and you can see all the benefits that it comes with. And it's $5 a month and that $5 comes back to us. Um, which we then basically just feed right back into you all to do giveaways and things like that. So um, check it out, consider subscribing. And if you do, you could potentially win a dope, dope jacket. It's really cool looking. Um, The other thing that we have to do before we get into this conversation is talk about who this podcast is presented by. Right now it's presented by BetOnline. BetOnline remains your top sport for all your live betting actions and contests. Luke, are you a better? Do you sports gamble over in Boston? Oh, it just got legalized in Massachusetts. I've been tempted. And I have uh, submitted that temptation on multiple occasions here. Well, you know, if you don't already know, Bet Online is the place for you because, Luke, mm-hmm. we have NFL, college football, NFL, UFC, college NHL. And we got it all. Even. We got, got it all. all. You got yes. it all? Oh, That's and the crazy. NBA. And the NBA. Oh, now you're selling me. Dude. Everything's in full swing right now, and you can bet on all of it on Bet Online um, with your number one source for all wagering news, uh, news, odds, trends, and predictions. With both desktop, mobile access, and yeah, with both desktop and mobile access, you can get this news and information anytime, anywhere. Um, 
All you got to do is just go to bet online today and use promo code believe B L E A V believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Um, I can't bet legally in California. If I could, I would That's go to tough. bet online. That's where I would go, you know? Um, but, but Luke can legally bet in Massachusetts. So Luke, I'm assuming you're, you're a bet online user. I will be a bet online user. I'm currently not, but you have sold me and I will check out bet online. And just to see, I think they just legalized it in Florida too. If I could be, if I'm mistaken, they did, but I'm they also did, not in Florida. So, I'm in California. But to our listeners who are in Orlando right now, oh, yeah. bet online is your number one site to go to go. If and of you course can get, you are better, you can get 50% you always, off your, your always uh, gamble responsibly. Always bet online where the game starts. Luke, I appreciate you uh, coming in the mix on that with me. Um, no that's worries. fun, man. Um, cool, man. So let's get into it right now. The Magic are currently playing. We're recording this Monday, December 11th. We are actually skipping watching the Magic versus Cavs right now. Maybe we'll watch the second half. But currently going into this game, they are 15 and 7. All right. Um, sitting second in the East. I think they're tied with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks still. Um you had a really cool opportunity. You were working on this for a while. You landed a killer interview with Goga Batatse, who, mm -hmm. I mean, he's been our starting center since game five when Wendell Carter Jr. hurt his hand. And, like, he kind of went from, like, this guy we, like, picked up last year, didn't really know much about him. He played a little bit towards the end of the year. Um, you know, we kept his team, his you know, the team option. We picked it up to retain him this year. He was kind of playing that third center role and then had this massive opportunity and then you landed an awesome interview and got to spend you know a good amount of time getting to know him and and getting a bunch of information just before we get into some of the details what was that experience like how did you what was your first impressions when you when you started talking to Goga and just like the communication leading up to to that point yeah no um I feel like Goga kind of gives off this vibe of not necessarily aloof but reserved in a way um i'm just gonna go in do my thing and just get out and going into the interview i didn't want to like rock the boat and so i carefully crafted a bunch of questions just to make sure that um that i wasn't overstepping any boundaries that i didn't ask anything uncomfortably um because i didn't know how open he would be and so I was very particular with uh, with how I did that. But um, very quickly, I found out that Goga is a lot funnier than um, than I ever would have imagined him being genuinely. I've So for those of you who don't know, I, in addition to Orlando Magic HQ, I have done some work for Boston.com. And I've gotten to interview a couple of NBA guys as well um, for them. Um, and I've also done MCW as well. They're all great people that I've done stuff with. Goga is by far the most personable and easygoing person that um, I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing, honestly. He's such a really, really entertaining, engaging guy, but also does not hold himself to this high standard. Um, for example, one of the things that didn't make the article, I asked one of my best friends um if he had any questions that he'd like to know that, that he'd like to ask um because he's a big uh magic fan the way i am and he wanted me to ask uh goga 
what is your spirit animal? Steven, when you think, when you ask a professional athlete, what is your spirit animal? What do you think like they're going to say? Some sort of like alpha predator, you know? Yeah, um, like I'm a lion. Like a gorilla or a lion or something, mm -hmm. yeah. Like a tiger. Shark. He, I asked him, it's my, it's my final question. He goes, uh, I go, uh, what are you, what's your spirit animal? He looks at me for a second, puts his head up. He goes, hmm. I'd say I'm a panda. They just be chilling. I love it. And that's the vibe that I got from like the entire interview. Um, this guy is just a panda who's really really good at basketball and i mean that in like the nicest way possible um very very hard worker but doesn't take himself too seriously just a great overall guy and if you ever get the um chance to meet or talk to goga um definitely go for it he's such a good guy and i i had a ton of fun doing the interview uh, he was very gracious with everything um I thought we had a couple of communication issues in the interview and we, and he was very accepting and, um, and great. And my communication, I mean like technical difficulties is I'm on the like limited zoom plan with the way that, that my zoom is, I'm not paying for zoom. Sure. Um, and so like, um, he was very accommodating towards that as well. Um, he, he was very helpful in getting this interview done and it wouldn't have gotten done without his, I mean, not of course his consent. Um, but, but just with, um, how accommodating he's been through this entire process. And this wasn't like a very, uh, this wasn't like a, oh, this just so happened to happen thing. No, I had this idea of like doing a Goga interview, like right after I did the MCW interview in March. And I sure. went out and started asking in May and some things like happened. Um, at first he said, let's wait until, um, I find out if they accept my team option. And then when he did, we asked again. And then he was in Georgia prepping for the World Cup. And about a month ago, I, I asked again. And eventually his people got back to me and said, yeah, he'd love to do this. And um, it went from there. That's um, awesome, man. And, and, he was, and, and I'm very glad that it, that it went the way it did. The vibes that you give, like, that you're talking, it's like, it's funny, you can see that because of, like, the way his teammates talk about him. You know, yeah. Cole Anthony is, like, it, apparently him and Goga have, like, an unspoken, like, best friendship already um, in the in the <laughs> locker room. I think there was an interview where, like, in a joking way, like, Cole Anthony called him ugly just, like, for yeah. fun, you know? And I it's think, like, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me with just how. You, you can tell that he's already, like, you know, pretty i mean the chemistry on this team in general is like phenomenal but it's like he's already like a big part of what makes it so successful and just the fact that he's come in and made such an impact from game five um you know as a starter from not really playing at all up until that point um it's just like kind of just speaks volumes about like the skill and, and and understanding that he has as a basketball player and you got into that pretty deeply um you know from like his upbringing and you know, how he, he played in Georgia and then he eventually went and played in Serbia um, as well, like get leading up to the NBA. And then, you know, like he really just wanted to like provide for his family and that's why he came to the NBA and that's what he did. And so that's like pretty cool. What other kind of tidbits did you learn about Goga and like his upbringing around basketball? Cause like, 
it almost sounded like he wasn't really psyched on basketball until he got a little bit older into the sport. Yeah, um, I'm looking at my notes right now. Um, I was concerned that, like, I like, like going into this article, I admit that I was a little concerned with the way that my hook was in terms of like making it out to be like, oh, he's just this guy who hates basketball. Um, I think I kind of narrowly avoided that, but like that hook took like hours just to craft, just to make sure it didn't come off that way. But no, the guy is, um, he started off hating basketball just because like it was like obviously like difficult for um, for him. Um, he didn't understand why his coach was like the way that he was. And he didn't understand like why he had to run all the time. Um, and but upon like going to more basketball practices and kind of just like you know, because um, like he was tall, he he right. had to play. Um, and he he tried football, but um, by his own admittance, he was not very good at it. And so they invested him into basketball because his father was a, was a professional basketball player. And they were like, hey, you got basketball genes. You're tall you're you've always been tall and you look pretty decent at basketball so let's just put that all into you um and it's and and the turning point i think that made him like fully love basketball as i'm going through my notes um at least like the turning point for like oh i kind of like basketball too i'm gonna do this for a living was this whole um going like leaving the country to go to serbia like he started loving basketball like as i said in my article like when he got to like understand what his coach was um, uh, uh, trying to tell him and uh, and stuff and um, how his friends kind of like grew up with him. And then as they kind of like grew up yeah. and accomplished together and struggled together, they had all their highs and lows together. They, you know, they kind of, he kind of like, you know what, this basketball thing is pretty good actually. And what made him go, I, this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Not just, I love this, but this is my destiny was going to Serbia and um, starting to play there. And that's when he started to get noticed. Um, it was basically just him and his mom um, kind of just going around and saying, Hey, let's get some, uh, let's get agents. Let's see what's up. Like, this is all him. Um, and that's cool. That idea sparked out because he wanted to help provide for his family and, and he was, and that work ethic that he noticed from his mom and his aunt um, that carried over to him. And that work ethic helped him turn into this really talent, like really skilled, complete basketball player that became a star over in Serbia and eventually in, in, in the United States too. Now he, you know, he was waived by Indiana Pacers who drafted him, I think around 19 overall or something like that, uh, back in, I don't know, four years ago. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, we, the magic picked him up off the waivers last year and it was something like the name wasn't like within my magic circle. There was a few people shout out Jonathan, um, Alisea, who was like, we should go pick him up as soon as he got cut. And we did. And now he's on our team and, you know, played a bit. What are, what do you think his mindset was as he was like joining our team and, and why the magic was a good place for him? What, what kind of, what do you think led him and his agent to say yes to coming here? Yeah. He was like, hell yeah. The entire time. Um, I kind of got the vibe that like 
Indiana, whether it was because he was just like um, stuck on stuck in a straitjacket on the bench there, and the weather in Indiana is um, not anywhere near as good as it is in Orlando. Um, but one, but like he was very, very like excited to have this new shot and to have that new shot in a place like Orlando in this um in a place where it's like i don't know 60 year round um because like to those of you who like have uh not visited like states in the, like states like up north further uh, to those of you who live, who live in Orlando um it's cold it's, it's cold it's, it's cold and it gets yeah. cold usually very early and without any warning um i live in boston right now and it's just um i like it sometimes but like there are times when i'm like i wish there was just consistent warmth i wish i can just wear shorts year round and like when i and whenever i go back to orlando it's like oh man this is exactly what i'm missing and that was what his mindset was um the overall environment um he was like at first it's like let's go i have a new chance indiana wasn't working so um anything will be better than what i had kind of like experienced in indiana and then his agent calls him they're like hey the magic are very interested in in signing you like how are you feeling about this like they're asking like hey how's go good does does he want to be a part of this and um his agent was like hey this is a great place for you because like this team you can build you you can build with this team this is like indiana this is a young hungry team but this is a team that actually wants your services and values you like yeah you'll i mean it, i don't think his agent said you'll be third string but like the impression was that right you you'll you have to work for it but when Carter um, jr and 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 mo were already established at that point you know so, Mo Wagner. Uh, yeah. That was when Mo Bamba. Um, yeah, yeah, Mo had, Wagner. That's who I meant. Right when, right when he was traded. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were already established. They're the one, two guys. And like in a way, even though Goga's been starting, Mo Wagner is still kind of like not the man in Orlando, but like he's the locker room in a way. Yeah. Like losing him, you're basically like that's a huge hit to the locker room. Um, not to say that Goga's useless or anything, but like, um, totally. But Mo is just that important. Um, well, it's interesting, but... man, because it's like it goes so much into to 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 to, to, to player like just because a player lands in a team doesn't mean they're going to like land in the best position for them. Right. You know, yeah. like how many magic players have we drafted that we were not the best position for to like give them oh, the boy. environment that they need and put them in positions to be successful in. And then they go somewhere else and they they blossom to who they they really should be, because like their roles a little bit more defined or the culture's a little bit different, or they just vibe with the coach and the chemistry a little bit differently. Not that like the p place was bad before. It just wasn't the right fit. And I don't think that people in general acknowledge how much situations truly matter for these basketball players and, and for like sure. them to really find themselves as players. Right. And like, yeah, you know, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head and we see a perfect example of Goga who, you know, was in Indy, didn't get a ton of playing time, you know, playing behind uh, Miles Turner, Sabonis, um, you know, there's just like, there was people in his way to really get his shot. And then comes here, still has people in his way, but it's just like a different culture that is like giving him the vibes. Like he didn't know coming into this year 
that he was going to have this opportunity. He knew no. like, Hey, I can fight for second string. I might end up being the third stringer, but like, like let's go. And the team picked up his option. Like, and I'm sure they had a conversation with his agent. Like, is he going to be happy if we pick up his option and he's, and he's the third string. Right. I'm sure they yeah. had that conversation. Cause like at that, like when you have players that low, like not low, but low priority for a team and agents, like, Sometimes they'll do each other favors and like a team won't pick up the option because the agent wants to try and get them elsewhere, you know, things like that. So it's pretty cool to see like now he's playing, he's played what we've, we've played like 23 games and he's played all but like five of them for meaningful playing time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's like, it's impactful. It's he's playing really well. He's, I don't know if he's a long-term starter, but he's filling in quite nicely, which is pretty, pretty baller. What do you yeah, think is his biggest strength that he brings to this team? The guys, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, um, from the conversations that like I've had with him, yeah, the guy's just a hard worker. He comes in, does his job. Um, I talk about it a lot in like um, the <clears throat> the third section, but like what a lot of people would say, and I and I strongly agree with, is that that guy is such an underrated defender yeah um but he's an underrated defender not because it's a thing that he chases it's a thing that that he's buying into it's because he's bought into this idea of like i'm gonna come in i'm gonna actually get my chance in the nba i'm not gonna waste that chance um i talked about it a, a lot in my article so for a further review uh or further like idea what i'm going to say read that um but he knew um he said i'm not the kind i'm uh if i want to be on the court and have my team when i have to play defense i'm not that guy who's going to take 20 shots 10 15 shots a game so how to make an impact on the game that's defense and that's the first thing so pay attention to that and i put a lot of effort into that i watch a lot of film um I work with coaches. I work on this stuff every single day. I scout. I do all the little things that like don't that, that aren't like the hezzy pull up tweener, all that kind of stuff that like gets you on House of Highlights. But it's the stuff that's important, and it's not because he's like not that he's not a naturally gifted basketball player, but right. it's that he's got a naturally gifted like heart to like buy in, and that's something that you just don't teach. And if you have that heart, you can basically learn anything. He's bought into this really fantastical idea that Jamal Mosley has of this, like, death lineup uh, defensively. And that's all that really motivates him, just winning. Um, I believe that, like, a lot that we are all familiar with how good Goga is statistically defensively. Um, I mentioned it a little bit in the article, but I'll go a little bit deeper here. I, to ask a question of, like, what what makes you such a good defender? I, I, it wasn't that question, but I added context. Um, I, I I said per estimated plus minus, which is why they considered probably the best public um, advanced stat that's out there. You are like the fourth best defender in the NBA, and like I'm like, were you aware of this at all? Um, he just like looks at me wide-eyed just go just shakes his head and he's like 
I mean, I don't care, but good to know that I'm doing well. Um, That's good. Yeah. Like this, in, this entire time, throughout the entire win streak, this guy has had no idea how good he's been. He's just been in there, clocking in, getting his stuff in, contributing, clocking out, um, and finding ways to win, um, doing his job. And that's kind of just how he's been. Like, And that's what he brings to this team that he, that he didn't get a chance to show in Indiana because he didn't really have the time to develop in Indiana. Um, and a little bit back to what you were saying earlier about like how Orlando was a much better fit than Indiana was. Um, it's, a, it's a somewhat similar thing to what Aaron Gordon said on, I think it was Michael Porter Jr.'s podcast. Um, for those of you who didn't see it, he was like, Orlando's a great city now. Uh, Aaron Gordon said, He's, it, it's a great city. They're a great team now. But at the time, it was just like, I'm clocking in, clocking out. I don't care. Which is like, a lot of people got upset, but like, that's, that's true. That's what it was. That's Nobody where the team cared. was. Yeah. You're not yeah. winning. So like, why give any, why have any passion? And once he got to Denver, it was like, this is my role. I'm buying in completely because we got a shot at winning. And not that we, not just because we have a shot at winning, but we have a vision of winning. Because when Gog was in Indiana, they were still trying to figure out what to do with Savonis, with Miles Turner, um, with a lot of the new acquisitions. It was acquisitions, kind of a like cap to where that team was going. They needed to, to reshift some yeah. things. It was and they didn't similar to where know. Orlando was back in the day. Yeah. And now, once Gola got there, that was around the time when they had this vision of, okay, we're going to be this, um, this, um, I wish I knew who made, uh, who, whoever makes those graphics, um, please reach out to me on Twitter because you do a great job. Those graphics of, um, uh, like the different magic players, like Isaac Suggs and I think Anthony Black as like, um, prison guards in their uniforms oh that's and my boy yeah that's Karan. yeah that's you do a fantastic job with those and then they lock up players like that that's kind of the vision that um jamal mosley wants like a very very defense yeah. first um when i said that he said in my article when he said 95 percent of our practices is defense focused i was not lying literally in my notes i'm scrolling down to right now he said yeah I don't know if you guys can watch our practices, but it's basically 95% defense. So we really pay attention to that. Like once you get good defense, the offense kind of comes naturally. You don't have to, I mean, you, I mean, you, I mean, you have to coach Paolo, of course, because like he's a second year player, but like, like the offense comes from good defense. I think I, at least I perceive to be Moses philosophy um, because he's obviously was known for his defense back in Dallas. Um, yeah turned Luca into a competent defender. Um, and now, now that he has like full reign, he gets to run this, this dream lineup he has. And I'm all here for it. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, it's, he's bought into the, to the, to the system of coach Mosley. And it's, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't really see anyone who hasn't bought into the system of coach Mosley. Like the culture of this no. team is so strong. Um, and, you know, I think in in years past, there's been like a little bit of frustration with with how the Magic have drafted and signed certain players. How it's like sometimes we almost pick character over skill set in in some aspects, right? And this is granted over the last yeah. like six years of we've had this front office. There's been like a handful of mumblings of that complaint, and when you look at this team today, and you you have 
the the coach that we have that have set that that type of culture it's just like it's 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 un, you can't question the front office's decisions to build the team with characters because when you have good character they're going to buy into the system if you have a good coach that is presenting that system to them and it's like you know we're down two starters and we we're starting a rookie in a third string center and we're we're crushing it you know and it's it's it, it's it's such a good system that we have going on right now. Now, a little bit of outside of Goga, man, like, you know, you've been watching this team a lot this season. You're covering this team mm-hmm. this season. What has been one of the more surprising things that you have seen for this Magic team to be in this position that they're at of, you know, 15 and 7? Oh. Um, I didn't prep I you for didn't... that question. I know. No, no, sorry. no, no, you're good. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. No, I, I prefer that anyway. Um, really, I did not expect, I I mean, I could go the route and say Goga, because of course, but I super did not expect, um, Jalen Suggs to be, to have this massive of a turnaround right away. Um, to transition it back to Goga, I wanted to mention it a little bit, um, here, because like I did my article and I think it's very important. The way Javen Suggs plays basketball inspires that entire team. Sure. Um so I think the biggest surprise is just how much of a leader he's become. Like almost overnight. Um and he's basically like a lead by example guy. Like that guy hustles his butt off. That guy um is basically like like he reads defenses so well it's almost insane and if he can do that why can't we do that and that's kind of the whole thing like i guess that's my big thing jalen suggs becoming in my opinion the third most important member of this team was not on my yeah. bingo card for the season right i didn't expect jamal mosley to like become this elite x's and o's guy in this second season either um i thought it would take him at least a year um like or another year to like fully immerse himself with his um with his roster and personnel but no that guy he, he took a little third year that leap, guy man. yeah that guy understands his roster better than steve clifford ever did and such a talented head coach um i think those are the two biggest things outside of just how quick um like goga and anthony black have adjusted to like this oh and number three that i think might be number one I wasn't sure that Mo Wagner was a consistent rotation guy going into the season. Yeah. I was That's a big like, surprise for me okay, too. maybe he's a, maybe he's a locker room guy. Right. Maybe he'll get you in spurts. His defense needs work, but the fact, but he's one of the most important, like I, I wanted Nas Reed really bad leading up to the off season oh, because sure. I wasn't sure if Mo and Goga um, at the time were going to be like them. I, I, I didn't know what their roles were going to be and watching Mo blossom into this like absolute leader and unit on the bench. Like the second unit is like the best second unit in basketball. And that's, I mean, Cole gets most of the credit and like deservedly so, but that's also because of Goga and just how good he's been. You mean uh, Mo? No, not Goga. Excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. Mo. Mo. Yeah. Just how good he's been. Um, and shout out Joe how, Ingles who connects everyone on that. Shout unit. out Joe Ingles. Um, man, gone are the gone are the days where uh, or the arguments we had of him being washed bum. He's he's found his stride here. Uh, good old at, Grandpa Joe. 
we're at halftime on the uh, the Cleveland Magic game, and Joe is currently leading the Magic in points. He hasn't missed a shot. Or sorry, he's missed one shot, uh, one three-pointer. He's two from three. But just shout out Joe Ingles, you know, who's, who, Ingles, who keeps man. everyone together. Dude, his pick-and-roll chemistry with, with Mo Wagner is, like, off the chain. It's off the chain. Um, it's so good. I didn't think he was going to even be used in that, that often. I, I, I thought he'd be like, okay, I'm going to be a mentor. I'm going to shoot. That's what's I tried up. to I tried to tell you guys. I tried to tell you guys in the group chats, and y'all just made fun of you me. Did, you did. I said did. you're and not watching him. Like you're only watching his misses. You're not watching anything else he does. And just I'm 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 calling out our group chat a little bit. All right. Um, For, uh, <laughs> listen, uh, Stephen isn't lying at all. He was the um, he was very much the uh, our um, our HQ group's top jingler. Um, yes. I should say. The, he was the, the top jingler. Town jingler. He was the top. Yes. You're, you're, you're the top jingler of the group. Jingle um, all the never way. Never lose that ground. Jing, you you have very much jingle all the way, and it's and 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 it's proving oh what fun it is. I love it. We're getting in the holiday spirit, people. <laughs> Joe Ingles really helps are. us do that. Yeah. Um. All right, man. We're 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 getting close to wrapping up this podcast, but before we get into that, I want to talk about this weekend. All right. You live in Boston. Yes. But I do. But you're an Orlando Magic mm-hmm. fan. And it just so happens that the Orlando Magic fans absolutely hate Boston Celtics um, because of Eddie For House. And some of the Magic players even have a little grudge. Cole Anthony said he hates Eddie mm-hmm. House. I mean, not hates, but does not. You know, he is the reason that he gets up for that game um, you yeah. know, every time they, they play the Celtics. Um it's it's all really comical to me. I don't really care too much about like I'm not one of the people on Twitter that's yelling at Eddie House whenever he says something, but I do think it's really funny and it's it's fun to give the Magic fans some some energy to to feed off of and and if it's giving the Magic team some energy to go into a you know really tough team, um that that's yeah. okay. But you know, the Magic play this weekend the Boston Celtics on Friday and again on Sunday in Boston. What are yep. your thoughts of this team going into that series? Considering you probably watch a decent amount of Boston games too, living in I Boston, do. just like I live in the Bay. I watch I cover a ton the Celtics of Warriors games as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts about this, like, kind of baseball series, mini baseball series, like weekend we have coming up with Boston? Yeah, um, the Magic Celtics is slowly turning into one of my favorite mini rivalries. Um, I joked um, during the end season tournament game that it was like watching two close, uh, two close friends fight for me, but yes, there's, but like, um, but I mean, I'm obviously like, go ma- like magic. It's, it's, it's magic till I die. But yeah, but like the way that the Celtics are constructed, assuming they're fully healthy, which Porzingis is now, that's a nightmare. They're scary, and like I, mean, I do, scary. I do wonder, um, and, and and I did wonder throughout the entire game, would the Magic have won that game if Kristaps did not leave in? I think it was the third quarter, yeah. because he's an underratedly good drop defender, which is kind of tough for a Magic team that doesn't really connect on shots well. Um, People are going to say, like, Tatum, Brown, Jalen Brown, those guys you got to watch out for. Yeah, of course, but, like, Kristaps, that's the guy you got to watch out for. Um, and, of course, you have Drew Holiday and Derek White, 
two of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, and you have guys who are kind of just learning offense in Anthony Black and to a lesser extent, Jalen Suggs. Um, and most importantly, this is a pissed off Celtics team. Yeah. This is a team that just cannot beat the Orlando Magic. They are angry. I mean, I don't know that for certain, but they are. But I, you can assume that this is a team that just lost three straight games to Orlando. I'm pretty sure. I think they're at four because, now. Uh, like I think this they're past at four. season and the last season. Four games. Yeah. Four now. Four. That's Because we won the last three four last games. year, and, and then we beat them the first time we played them this year. Yeah, that's right. So, it was yeah. three. Mm-hmm. And they are a. And they are angry. They're gonna find ways to beat that to beat those boys. That Boston um, crowd's gonna be Orlando, feisty too. And, they're oh, going to be feisty. You, so. Yeah, no. We, we we talked about, or I mean, we talk a lot, I guess, about just how Orlando has gotten a lot more loud and energetic now that we're good, which is great sure. and awesome. Boston, man. Boston sports fans are something else, and that is just an environment that at times feels like a European yeah. soccer match. Yeah. Like... You- there will be no justice, no but little decency from that crowd. Boston is one of the most difficult cities to play in, and that's for a very good reason. What do you think is going to be a key to the game for the Magic to have to beat the Celtics again this, this weekend? For the Magic, are you going to be able to trust Gary Harris in particular? Um, because if you can find a way to, like, get him moving off the ball and also have him connecting the shots, it gets a little bit easier because you'd think that a lot of like Derek White's attention and Drew Hyde's attention are going to go to um, uh, one of Jalen Suggs or Franz Bachner. Um, and, and, and to an extent, Joe Ingles, if you can get Joe Ingles moving um, and running around, um, getting them the ball and having them shoot because I think Porzingis is still is, is not learning, but like not as good of a perimeter defender as he is um, a drop defender and a post defender learning, getting how those are words that don't go, that don't go together. Um, learning how to like match up with Porzingis as well, because I think that that was a very difficult thing for them in the NC's Denver game, and when they took Porzingis out, the Magic just could not be stopped. Um, so figuring out how to get past him, you do that by baiting him into drop and getting Gary Harris to move um, around. That's my, that's at least how I would coach the Magic. I'm not a coach, so don't take my word sure, as gospel. Sure. But um, those are things that you just consider like, as some, a team that's, that's a, watched both, a fan that's watched both. Yeah. For sure, and getting the ball in in the hands of your shooters is like advice that like anybody can give. Like, of course you want the three-point shooters to connect, but it's especially important against Boston, a team that knows how to clog the paint. They're not a dumb team. They are the number one They're team smart. in the league yeah. for a reason. This is a team that knows how bad the Magic are at shooting, and so what What are they going to do? The paint is mine. You can't have it. So if they're so, – so again, it, it all boils down to are their shooters going to shoot? Um, can Paolo especially um, – a lot of attention is going to be on Paolo. Is he going to be versatile enough off ball um, to where they can have like, or, 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 or is he going to be like a good enough playmaker to where he can have a little, where he can uh, like allow gravity 
to open up guys like Gary and Joe. Um, and obviously you can't just be a good playmaker in one game, but like, is that going to be thing that like the Celtics are worried about or is, or are they just going to have, um, because Palo attracts value because it's Palo. Right. But right. It's, it's a matter of how much you can, it's a matter of how much you can bait Boston's relentless defense. I think Orlando's defense is a bit more relentless. It's because it's just, it's because we're sure. young, but, um, Boston is smart, a very smart team. Um, Joe Mazzula, um, uh, doesn't get a lot of credit for how well he has turned this team into his own. Um, implementing some of what Ime Udoka kind of had and, but also putting in a lot more, um, of an offensive game plan as well. The key to the magic is to just get the Celtics off guard, get them baited play good efficient team basketball because if you even mess up ever so slightly if you make one wrong move that Celtics team is going to make you regret it for the rest of yeah. the game yeah i mean they're smart they're the number one team in the east right now they're you know title favorites for a lot of people um and mm -hmm. you know i know we've beaten them four times in a row but that doesn't necessarily mean this weekend of playing them on friday and sunday is going to be any easier at boston so Oh, I no. Would, it's going to get harder. I, I would love to obviously win both. I don't expect to win both. I think just winning one of the two for would sure. be a, a, a pretty big, solid win for the weekend, in my opinion. Um, I don't take this Magic team lightly. I don't take the Boston Celtics team lightly, despite what Eddie House says. So, um, with all that, man, Luke, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. It's yeah. been so fun talking some Magic basketball with you. It's been fun deep diving a little bit more into your conversation course, with Goga. Um We'll definitely get you back on the show later this season, probably after the new year at some yeah. point um, as we yeah. start to wrap up this December. You know, God, we're already December 11th, which is crazy. Dude, uh, Christmas is that. right around the corner. Lives, doesn't um, Luke, why don't you go ahead? One, listeners of the show, go to Orlando Magic HQ. Go to the article section yeah. and go read that interview with Goga Patate. Um, It's phenomenal. Luke did an amazing job with it. You want information, it's got information. I mean, we hardly touch the surface on what we talked about about this article. You will be there, and by the end of this article, you'll be blown away on, one, how well-written it is, and two, how much information Thank you're you. going to get about Goga and his thoughts on this team, his thoughts on not just how he came into basketball, but his time in Indy, his time during the trade deadline when he got waived, and then also – um, his first year and current, he talks about current aspects of this team right now with his time as a starter. You don't want to miss it. So go check it out. Go to our Instagram page, sign up to be a subscriber. $5 a month helps us a lot. gives you some cool benefits. Um, check it out. Luke, let's go ahead and tell the people where they can find you in your work. Yeah, you can find me, um, at orlandomagichq.com. Of course, again, the GoGo -Go article is not only the best thing that I've ever written. Um, it it took a good month to like months to prepare and to plan, um, and a good uh, half a week to a week to write it. Um, not only that, but I really mean when I say that like I think it's the most comprehensive GoGo Bataze article um, on the internet that isn't Wikipedia. Um, so if you so if you're a so if you're a true Goatka stan, 
this is the article for you. Um, and if you're just a fan of the Magic in general and you want like a kind of a historical-ish view on the win streak, I attempted to like uh, put that in perspective as well. So if you want to hear about Goga's upbringing, what brought him to Orlando, the win streak and how he became a starter, that everything you could ever want on all four of those topics and what i would say is a pretty well uh well written um thank you for the hype oh, absolutely. um uh manner um but it's 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 excuse me it's it's stefan right steven stefan or steven steven i was right the first time okay um but if you want that it's um uh it's all in the goga article brand new role same old goga you can find me there. You can also find a bunch of my other work there. The Michael Williams interview is still good as well. Um, this is my home now. Um, it's uh, and, and he longer plays for the match, but it's still a very good article on how much he loves the city and the team. Um, and outside of HQ, you can also find me on Boston.com. Um, if you, if you search my name, that'll probably be one of the first things you see. Uh, for those of you who are MLB heads, um, I got a couple of um, articles on uh, baseball as well, some football. And um, plenty, plenty of Celtics basketball. Um, if you're interested in knowing more about Luke Cornett or Delano Banton, I got a, I, I got articles on those guys as well, and um, some just pretty well, uh, pretty well in depth stuff with some of the Red Sox's minor league guys, like uh, early or guys who are in the majors now, like Willie Abreu, um, Joe Javes. If you're a Red Sox fan, I think go check out my work as well. Um, I don't think it'll be disappointed at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Magic fans, we are going to tune back into the last quarter of this Magic game. They are, again, currently playing the Cavaliers. Seven minutes left in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, the Magic are down by 1.60 to 59. So as we go back and watch that, you guys will be listening to this live um, after the game. You'll already know the results of this. But we just want to thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for supporting Orlando Magic HQ. Luke, thank you so much for joining me, and let's go Magic. Peace. Of course.